This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Biz Pod. Today is Friday, June 12th, 2020. Another uh, interesting week we've lived through again, and this is the Sports Biz Rundown. So we typically interview professional athletes, investors, entrepreneurs in sports and entertainment. Then on Friday, we do the Sports Biz Rundown where I bring on special guests to provide commentary on this week of what happened in, in events, news, career opportunities, and more. And today I'm bringing on a good friend of mine, Emmanuel Gant, who is an NFL player manager managing Evan Ingram, who is a tight end for the New York Giants. Manuel graduated from Ole Miss and is very well connected and well versed into the sports industry. But uh, appreciate having you on the podcast. How are you doing? Man, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. I, I greatly appreciate it, man. I'm doing great, man. Just trying to stay healthy, uh, trying to stay out the way, trying to stay in shape uh, as much as possible. Uh, I'm back home in uh, Georgia right now doing these times, trying to just kind of stay away from, you know, the New York market right now. It's, it's, it's pretty bad up there. Um, I know that they just started the first phase uh, a couple of days ago. So I probably will go back soon. Uh, but as of now, man, I'm just camping out here in Georgia. Nice. Same thing with me. I'm, I was able to get out of New York last week. It was, it was tough to leave, but I'll be back soon. But, you know, before we jump into it, you're kind of mentioning, you know, staying healthy and safe. So, like, what are some of the stuff you've been doing, like any kind of workout tips or things that you've been doing to kind of stay healthy and, uh, and keep things in motion? Man, actually, man, when I first, like, when we first started this quarantine thing, I, I went on YouTube. Uh, and typed in jail workouts. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people come out of jail, man, stoked, you know, like body looks great. So uh, I did that and kind of went away from it, though. But so uh, what I normally do is uh, 200 push-ups a day, 200 sit-ups. Uh, I get some bicep work in with uh, the dumbbells that I do have, just trying to stay um, a little creative. Uh, and also run around the neighborhood, you know, just trying to, stay healthy uh, or um, maintain my uh, cardiovascular health, you know, so um, nothing too drastic. Uh, I'm not, I'm not too good with making up workouts, but just trying to make it do what it do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, same thing with me. It is prison workouts. Always do the, do the trick. You don't need, you just use your body weight and you can research some creative people are creative on YouTube. So they'll, they'll teach you how to do some interesting workouts. Um, but yeah, but before we kind of break down all the articles this week, could you give a little bit of an overview? Kind of mention um, you're an NFL player manager. Like, what does that entail? Can you give us a little bit of like kind of day to day what that looks like for you? Right. So day to day, man, it 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 it, it definitely varies, uh, especially on the, during the off season. Um, you get you get a lot of downtime uh, because football really only lasts from August to December and um, Obviously, like if you go to the playoffs, then like it helps into January, 
Uh, but for the most part, man, all season, uh, just downtime, you know, just uh, staying on top of deals that you have, deals that's probably about to uh, come to an end, and you got to decide if, hey, do I want to uh, re renegotiate this or do we want to go a, a different route? Uh, but during the season, uh, it is busy. Um, during the season, you you kind of have uh, events left and right. Um, you kind of picking and choosing, uh, trying to figure out which one that you're going to do. Uh, you have different brands uh, reaching out. Uh, it may be for an endorsement. It may be um, to broadcast their product on IG or on Twitter. Um, so it varies. Um, obviously, it's, it's way more in-depth than that. Um, mm -hmm. But um for the most part man it's it's good that's awesome and yeah and looking forward to seeing how hopefully the nfl season does play out as planned and i'm sure we'll talk about that in a bit but uh yeah it's it's cool to see what you're up to and always looking to collaborate and um let's just jump right into it with uh covering the top sports biz news stories so um you know we've seen a lot of interesting things happen starting with coronavirus and then you know social injustice that's been you know awakening united states and around the world which is really much needed um but right now we see the nba superstar lebron james and a group of other prominent black athletes and entertainers are starting a new group aimed to protecting african-american voting rights seizing the widespread fury against racial injustice that's just fueled worldwide worldwide protests to amplify their voices this fall's presidential election so um, this was a new formed group that just happened, I think, as of the past few days. Uh, but it looks like LeBron James and, and many other people are kind of joining forces to really make sure their voices are heard. But um, seeing something like this happen, like what are, what are your thoughts of it? And kind of how are you uh, seeing something like this play out and maybe the effect that could happen? Right, man. Man, LeBron, man. I mean, anybody that knows LeBron, uh, he's kind of always been uh, in the driver's seat uh, when it comes to social injustice and uh, equality. Uh, in this country, so this is this is this is not surprising um, at all. You know, um, I think I think it is a great thing. It does need to be highlighted. Um, it does need to be uh, addressed. Uh, so I think that he's doing a fantastic job, man, of trying to just bring more awareness to this, um, making his voice heard. And uh, it's always good to see an athlete come out and say it because I mean we know how big sports is uh, in this country and. Um, their voice matters, you know, and uh, it's good that he's not um, just dribbling the ball. Yeah, and, and someone like LeBron is that, you know, from such an early age, he was in such a limelight and, you know, on, on the covers of magazines when he was not even 18 and he had such big shoes to fill. And then now he's, you know, into his 30s and become such a model citizen. So not just like being an amazing best basketball player, but an investor, family person. So he's really setting the tone and also opening doors uh, for, you know, younger, you know, African-American kids that are growing up that, you know, obviously basketball would be an amazing career path, but there's a lot more that they can do. So I think for him, he's kind of kicking down the door that it hopefully will set the trend. So we'll see how this actually, um, you know, plays out. It's a very early group. It looks like it will be organized as a 501c nonprofit um, to really help push you know, the voices that are unheard and feels unheard right now. So, um, you know, looking forward to seeing that and, and it kind of segueing into um, another topic where um, Twitter, you know, I'm not sure if you, are you on Twitter, uh, Emmanuel, or are you following oh, yeah, kind yeah, of what's going on? I'm definitely, I'm definitely live on Twitter. Yeah. Every day, you know, I'll, I'll wake up and I'm, I'm starting to get more active on Twitter, but you go into the trending and, 
the things that you see, it, you know, it's something you need to see. And then sometimes it's very like cringeworthy sometimes. And one of the, one of the most cringeworthy tweets came coming from uh, the, the president coming saying that um, Roger Goodell kind of made a statement saying, um, Hey, all these athletes put together a, a video um, in the NFL saying, Hey, you know, like uh, very compelling. Right. And then Roger Goodell had to come back and say, listen, we kind of fucked up and didn't really handle the Con Kaepernick situation well. He didn't necessarily directly say that, but that was he was alluding to. And, you know, Trump comes out with something where I don't know what's going through his head a lot of times, but he, he pretty much was saying that, you know, if NFL players are kneeing during the national anthem, that's therefore disrespecting the flag, which is clearly just not true. I think it, it, it says a lot by taking a knee, but something like this where, you're going back and forth. You have Roger Goodell kind of making good on something that he kind of messed up with. Um, and then the president's kind of intertwining where he doesn't necessarily need to be. But what was your kind of reaction to, to seeing this? Uh, initially, man, initially I was, man, I was excited. Uh, I was happy that Roger Goodell uh, finally came out. Uh, I would have loved for him to personally address Kaepernick. Um, I feel like as a man, when, when you mess up, uh, and you kind of handle a situation wrong, I feel like as a man, you should address that that man. Um, but like you said, we all knew who he was talking about um, and who uh, he was alluding to. Um, so that was great to come out, you know, and kind of just speak up uh, about the situation. Being that, I mean, the NFL is, I, I believe, 80, 80 to 85% uh, black. So uh, that was huge, man, for him to come out and, 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 say, and say that. As far as Trump, I mean, Trump has been very consistent on where he stands uh, in America, where all he cares about is dividing us, you know, and um, that's just his, his, his leadership, you know. And so I wasn't surprised at all by, by what Trump said. Um, he still doesn't get it. Uh, he still is trying to uh, pinpoint it towards disrespect to the flag, even though uh, Kaepernick, along with many others, have uh, excessively said that it had nothing to do with the flag. It's about what's going on right now in this country, which is police, uh, police brutality, um, social injustice, and obviously uh, the lack of uh, equality. So, uh, like I said, I wasn't I wasn't surprised at all about what Trump said. Um, it's, I mean, that's just that's just who he is. But uh, I am I am uh, happy that Roger Goodell uh, did come out and um, kind of shed some light on it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And, and kind of that point where you can't be really stunned by what Trump's tweeting anymore because it's just so ridiculous that someone that we're supposed to be looking forward to almost like a father figure to the to the country um, is being just really immature. And, and the whole point, I think, of sports is to distract us um, and, and detach us from big problems in politics. It's a way of people disconnecting and kind of enjoying a game. Um, and then when someone like this comes in, it, it's ruining the pleasure of what people like in sports. But, um, you know, I, I know you're pretty well connected with a lot of, you know, athletes. What are their thoughts? Are, are, you, are they talking about taking a knee? Or, or what's your kind of feeling that you think the majority of people um, will be kind of taking a knee uh, during the national anthem? Uh, yeah, I have I have spoken to a few athletes um, that – that I obviously won't mention. Uh, but uh, I feel like their take uh, mainly on it was um, that if they do kneel, now they know that uh, they won't be penalized mm -hmm. um, because of obviously Roger Goodell finally came out and, and said that he knows that it's not addressed to, to disrespect. Uh, but I think mainly um, 
the main point is that kneeling already brought the attention um, that it was supposed to bring, you know, so um, I don't feel like kneeling again would bring more awareness to, to, to the situation. I feel like this George Floyd thing has really um, kind of put a light beam uh, on the situation. So uh, I feel like most players uh, maybe won't kneel, but I do feel like that they will be more involved uh, in uh, different, different, different things this, this year. Yeah, and that's that's a good point where it's like kneeling, we've kind of already, everyone's really heard of that and, and the voice was heard, but, you know, it was unfortunate that, uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick was kind of a pioneer with that. He, he was a trailblazer and kind of took a hit. And I, I hope he, I think he'll be back this season. It seems like he's in his best shape of his career right now. Um, so hopefully he gets his way back onto a roster. But I think kneeing, that was one gesture, I think, there'll be some creative ways that I think other athletes, like we just mentioned LeBron James, whether it's, you know, a certain thing that they wear in their pregame or a certain thing they do a celebration, it's going to be much bigger than that. And it's going to get more creative and it's just going to continue to compound. So mean is just one area, but, you know, we'll see how, you know, these players kind of uh, continue to uh, adjust that. And, you know, uh, there's no point of trying to correct the president. He, he's definitely um, something's messed up in his head that, he's talking about disrespecting the flag, but you'll, you'll see in a video of him um, during the, the Super Bowl, he's mocking the, the national anthem and it's very hypocritical for him to say that's uh, rude to, you know, the flag in the, the United States. But meanwhile, he's doing other things, but I'm sure we could talk for hours of kind of how ridiculous that is. But I think for someone like him, you kind of have to treat him like a little kid and ignore him in a way and let the adults figure out, you know, the best way to right. solve these kind of issues. So um, kind of we'll segue into some other things more, more so in the esports, um, which is uh, I know something you're, you're interested in and, um, and the same thing you mentioned with uh, Evan being interested in gaming as well, but um, we have Barstool Sports, which is a prominent, you know, comedic uh, media outlet um, that, that kind of covers interesting topics that has a very humor to it, but they just announced they're, they're launching an esports team. Um, I believe it's for the Call of Duty League. It's called Barstool Hooligans. Uh, from what I've seen, that they're taking personalities from Barstool Sports, um, and, and they're going to be athletes or professional gamers. Um, and from what I'm seeing at this is they're marketing it very well. Um, I don't think the players are actually that good, per se, that they're signing their, their own talent. So they're not going to be the most skilled Call of Duty team. But um, they're going to be really good at marketing and then maybe they're going to sign some more talent, but something like this, you know, uh, whether you know much about Barstool or, or other things, just in esports, what, what are your thoughts going on with, you know, different leagues pop or teams popping up in, in esports? Man, I feel like esports, man, is the hottest thing, hottest thing got right now. It's uh, up and coming. Uh, it's getting a lot of more uh, attention. I feel like it's one of the greatest things, man, because people play uh, video games all day you know, and to finally broadcast it and uh, show it. I mean, even if uh, I think uh, I kind of really started paying attention to it when uh, Ninja Ninja popped on the market and uh, he kind of took the whole Fortnite thing by storm. Uh, and at first I was like, man, why would I want to watch somebody else play the game? Like I would rather play myself, but uh, it's kind of cool to see, man. You start seeing different, different tactics, uh, different things that people do throughout the game. Uh, so uh, it's been great. It's been great to see. Uh, as far as your question, as far as the different teams, I feel like it's great, you know, to like make it more competitive. Everyone likes competing. 
Um, so uh, I like it, man. I like it. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. In the, in uh, esports, this is definitely up and coming. And for example, Ninja he signed an exclusive deal with Mixer, do streaming on Twitch, and a lot of um, NFL and NBA players that also love gaming. They're they're live streaming to their you know Twitch fans, and that's a, a next level of engagement for their fans because you know there's there's I'm guessing there's a lot of Giants fans out there that are young kids that also love. Fortnite or gaming and they'll they'll follow along for any of the athletes doing that so um that's something that it's it's cool to see grow um you know Barstool I'm excited to see how they um kind of make a move they're already doing a lot of moves in esports but then they're launching a team um which is uh becoming more difficult to pull off with the franchise rights and the, the league that you're playing in, but um, something that we're kind of following closely and uh, definitely an up and coming sport that, that uh, has a high potential. So um, moving on to the next article is uh, with UFC and, you know, I'm a big fight fan. I'm not sure if you've watched any of the past UFC fights, but they're one of the first leagues to be back. Um, and, and they put on self quarantine fights starting in Jacksonville. They're back in Vegas uh, the past few weeks um, for, for fights out of their apex center. Um, but the, the difficulty is they've only been limited to United States athletes because, uh, they have to fight domestically. Now they just announced this week that in Abu Dhabi, they're going to be fighting on an Island called UFC historic fight Island, um, which will open it up to international talent to fight each other. So this is going to happen, um, on July 11th, starting July 11th, and it's going to be in Abu Dhabi, and it's going to open that up. But um, some, seeing something like this, it's kind of a, a sport that's been innovative and in keeping the momentum going when we've been on a hiatus. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, or, or are you a, a fight fan? Yeah, man. So I first, I first actually got into uh, UFC fighting um, back in like the uh, the uh, Anderson Silva days, uh, mm -hmm. and then. I was a huge fan of uh, Brock Lesnar uh, yep. for uh, WWE. So when he made that transition over, I kind of followed um, and uh, stayed, stayed, stayed put watching him. And then after that, it was obviously Conor McGregor. Yeah. Uh, he kind of he really um, made UFC a, a household name, in my opinion, uh, just, just by his antics uh, outside of the octagon. And obviously he was he was great inside of it as well. Um, so I've always did you see that uh, this past week? So Connor, uh, this could be a scare tactic right. that he's doing, but he just said he's retiring. Uh, do you believe that's true or not, or do you think that's kind of a tactic to leverage? Uh, a Connor, Connor is one of those guys where he 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 reacts a lot off impulse, uh, and so he he's one of those guys that you just never know. Like he may say, "I'm never fighting again," and then fight a month later. So I don't really take it uh, for what it is. I obviously take it with a grain of salt. So um, I think, I, I think he'll definitely be back, man. I uh, think he will as well. I, from, from what we've seen, you know, his net worth is in the range of 200 million. He doesn't need to fight. He's the, one of the most, you know, well lucrative athletes in the sport of UFC. Um, so, you know, I think the struggle right now with a lot of UFC fighters is that with a lot of these leagues, you know, there's no, um, there's no live audience, which is going to decrease the sponsorship value and the gate and concessions and all the other things that go into it. So it's really tough to keep them paying them at the same level they're expecting. So they're kind of going back and forth. So he could have, you know, this could be a scare tactic to try to negotiate with Dana White um, and, and get a bigger payday, which uh, 
which I, I don't blame him for that. But from, from my understanding, you know, he has a whiskey brand um, that is doing very well. He doesn't need to fight if he needs to. It's uh, it's one of those sports where it's really physically demanding and uh, you can only do it for so long. So we'll, we'll see if that's a scare tactic. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward at least to this fight island that they're putting on where they, they have, I think, at least four days where it's very consecutive and they're going to be a lot and it's in Abu Dhabi. So we'll, we'll see that um, kind of play out. But um, yeah, big fan of the UFC sport as well. And, you know, anything else to add to that? I think, I think, I think that he could, that he could actually leverage this and, and, and position it where he does come back out uh, and say, you know what, this is my last fight. Like this is, this is the finale of Conor McGregor and make like a huge payday, you know? So mm-hmm. um, I feel like that could be a tactic too where he can retire or allegedly say says that he retired and then come back out and says, you know what, I got one more fight in me, and he'll definitely break the bank. Yeah, he's going to break the bank for whoever he fights. It's interesting, though, because where he is actually in the division, he's not necessarily he, – he, he has the leverage of the marketability, but from a level of these fighters are kind of at the top ranking, they've been kind of grinding to get to the top. He stepped away when he had two belts. So um, we'll see if he, you know, he comes back and – who, whoever he fights is going to be a big payday it has to be flashy. So, um, yeah, that's one of the many athletes. And we had some other people like sugar Sean O'Malley. He, he had a really good, um, debut that's kind of solidifying him. Cody Garbrandt as well. So, um, you know, it's a great sport. They're innovating. They're the ones that are keeping, uh, the fire burning per se, while other sports are, you know, still figuring out like the MLB, the NBA just announced their way back. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that kind of all plays out. Um, kind of segueing to the, the last two articles where um, this is kind of a combination of sports entertainment, but uh, a virtual con, um, concert startup wave has raised 30 million in series B funding by, led by uh, Mavron that features participation from Griffin gaming partners and individuals, including Scooter Braun, Alex Rodriguez, Superfly co-founder Rick Farman um, and Twitch co-founder Kevin Lynn. Um, so this company will use the investment to go beyond concerts, um, broader entertainment experience space, including gaming and social. And, um, you know, th- something like this where you, you've seen um, people really wanting to go to concerts, but they can't. Um, you'll see someone like Travis Scott put on a, a virtual conference in Fortnite that's breaking records. Uh, but something like this, it's, it's a lot of money. Uh, that that they race into this Series B and they have a lot of big names behind it. But what are your thoughts on this kind of virtual concert or is there a way to kind of blend that with the in-person concerts when they come back? Uh, it's definitely it's definitely different. Um, I feel like it is creative. Um, a lot of people, you know what I mean, whether they can't afford it or uh, times right now as far as the coronavirus or whatever uh, and want to watch, I mean, something virtual. I mean, me personally, I would love to be in person. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't mind checking out uh, a virtual experience just to see see how it is. I, I feel like it can it can be pretty cool. It seems like it got got a lot of money behind it. Yeah, and kind of agreed with that. Nothing beats you know an in person concert or in person right. sporting event. But we have to kind of make do with what we have now um, because we still are you know dealing with coronavirus and there's still a lot of concerns. You see 
in New York state that it's uh, actually lowering, but other states it, it's, it's at their peak. Um, so there's still that concern of like, Hey, can we go back into this environment? Um, you know, we saw with a lot of, you know, the protests going on, we're bringing people together um, in a very compelling way, but it's also kind of breaking the social distancing in a, in a way. So we'll see, I think people's stigma of getting into a, a public environment with other people around them is starting to lighten a little bit. So, um, something like this when it's a digital once it goes back to in person maybe there's a hybrid or if there's a way to blend digital people that don't want to spend a full price ticket but they can still be there and then obviously the premium experience of actually being there in person is, is doing that but um you know it's cool to see that that's uh it's good for them to to uh see you know this kind of virtual conference go through but i uh, kind of agree with you i, I don't know if i would per se really enjoy being there in person, but uh, we'll see how they kind of make do. Um, and then kind of wrapping up with the, the last article where um, we're, we're on a podcast network called Blue Wire. Uh, we were signed to be one of the first sports business podcasts. They, uh, they have podcasters covering WWE, NBA teams, and the commentary were, uh, I think, one of the only sports business where we bring on different topics. And, uh, you know, huge week uh, for them where they actually were able to sign former NBA star Baron Davis as an investor into Blue Wire. And then he's also launching a podcast onto the network to kind of provide this voice uh, for athletes about what is going on in this world. And he's going to be recruiting um, some more athletes, but they closed their 1.2 million uh, seed round funding. Uh, and they just announced Baron, Baron Davis is part of that. And he's going to have a podcast on that um, to kind of share his voice. But um, something like this, you know, what, what are your thoughts on podcasts and maybe sharing athletes voice through the, the podcast medium? Man, anytime, anytime you can get athletes uh, on a podcast, it's obviously great, you know, because you have the audience who uh, appeals to it and wants to hear an uh, athlete perspective on, on different things or to just talk, you know, um, it's, it's especially for football. Um, you can't really express your, your a personality on the field as much besides like a uh, celebration after a touchdown, but you have a helmet on for the most part. So getting to see these athletes or getting to hear these athletes uh, on a more, on a more personal level um, is, is, is definitely great. Uh, even though I work in sports, I am a big sports fan. I love, I love, love, love Reggie Bush. So if Reggie Bush is on a podcast, I would love to tune in and, and uh, hear what Reggie Bush has to say uh, about certain things. Um, so I feel like it's great. I feel like it's great, especially for uh, the fans out there. Yeah, and, um, you know, we can uh, kind of segue even to Reggie Bush. I'm a big fan of him as well. But as of yesterday, it looks like uh, Reggie Bush was welcomed back to USC after his 10-year ban, um, it, you know, something like that. It seems like you're excited. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Man, long overdue, long overdue, <laughs> long, long. I mean, you got to think about how much money they really made off of Reggie Bush. I mean, Reggie Bush made that university into a household name. You know, mm -hmm. even to this day, when, when you think about USC Trojans, granted, they have some great players to come out. But the one name that, 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 that stands out every time is Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush... Like, man, he was everything. He was everything, man. I could talk about it all day, how he impacted me when I played football, when I was playing running back back in the day. Yeah. Um, Reggie Bush, man, I feel like it's, it's long overdue. It's long overdue. Uh, 
I, and not only that, I feel like he needs to get that Heisman Trophy back too. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, you mean to tell me all those Heisman Trophy winners right now didn't take no money in college? Come on now. Like, yeah. I know for – like, come on. Like, come on. They – like, so I feel like he definitely should have that Heisman Trophy because it's no way – Johnny Menzel still still has a Heisman Trophy and all the off-the-field issues he had and still going through. Reggie Bush has never been arrested. Reggie Bush have like, he's had a clean record since USC. This man took a little bit of money. You know what I mean? And and I feel like he deserves his 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 Heisman Trophy back simply because at the end of at, at the end of the day, he still had to lace those cleats up and go out there and perform. Whether he took $20, $50, $1,000, he still had to go play. So I feel like he definitely deserved that Heisman Trophy. Yeah, I mean, take it away if you found that he was using performance enhancers to kind of make him quicker, faster, stronger. Uh, but someone that is looking out for his family and something that is already happening and thinking about the money that he took, which is, I, I don't know the exact amount, but maybe – hundred thousand dollars at the maximum but then think about how much he actually provided for the usc brand and then all the ticket sales and all the sponsorship sales and all the jersey sales everything that is probably a millionth of a percentage of what he actually delivered for them so that's kind of an even another conversation of just name image likeness um colleges telling their student athletes that they can't be entrepreneurial and even kind of have their own Instagram brand and then promote brands on their own platform. It's disgusting to see that. But I think right now we're in a really good time where, you know, Reggie, Reggie Bush, he's kind of the, the pioneer with that, where he kind of took the hit for a lot of other student athletes. So um, as, as sad as it's to see, he's getting his recognition back, but he's, you know, kind of paving the way to now making it more normalized for student athletes to properly get paid. So, um, you know, agree with that big, big Reggie Bush fan and, and give him back that, that uh, Heisman trophy and, and maybe even some more money for that. So um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That kind of wraps up um, the, the top stories that we were covering this week, uh, jam packed week. And something else that we do is that we curate the top sports biz careers each week. So it is a tough job market right now. Uh, we try to make that a little bit easier. We've helped facilitate job opportunities through our, internal community through our events and whatnot. Uh, but this week we've uh, curated events that were just recently posted, starting uh, with some entry-level job, um, extra mile marketing solutions is looking for sports-minded marketing sales. Um, Edge executives is looking for event marketing associates in their sports department. Um, going into some mid-level jobs, we have Puma. They're looking for uh, a senior apparel product line manager in the running and training section. Um, 2K is looking for a global influencer marketing manager. You know, the NBA 2K, they just had the, the PlayStation uh, 5 drop um, and, and the, the graphics look insane for that. I don't know if you, if you were, saw that drop come yeah, out. I've definitely seen that. Yeah, so um, they're definitely looking to beef up that, uh, that section of the 2K department. Um, and then senior level jobs, Oakley is looking for a director of global sports marketing strategy. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder is looking for a director of learning and development. So those are top six uh, job openings that we saw this week. Uh, we're going to be launching likely a career board. Uh, we've helped place people in jobs in the past. It's something that we're really passionate about. Um, and, and also from an event standpoint, we've put on a lot of events in New York. I know you've been to pretty much all of them, Manuel, and I uh, appreciate you doing that. We just finished an online event, which was a uh, 
cool way to help stir some business development. But we're going to be um, making some announcements soon about some of the uh, momentum that we had from past events about when can we put on uh, one of the best events in New York City and other cities around the country when it's safe to do so. Um, so, yeah, with, with all that being said, uh, you know, appreciate you coming on, Emmanuel. Um, any way to, um, you know, for anyone listening to get in touch with you on LinkedIn, Instagram, and any way to plug yourself a little quick? Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on uh, Instagram uh, or Twitter. Uh, the handle is the same. It's M-A-N uh, underscore G-A-N-T-T. That's M-A-N underscore uh, G-A-N-T-T. And I'd love to chat uh, if you have any questions about uh, the sports world or uh, anything uh, that, that, that I do. I would I would love to chat. Absolutely. And, you know, with all that's going on right now and, and your perspective, which you kind of already highlighted, um, anything that you've learned from just society as a whole or something that you would want to pass along for, for people of you know, any color, any background, doesn't matter, like anything that you just want to pass along to somebody during these uh, very crazy times? Uh, yeah, man, just, just, just stay encouraged, man. Just stay encouraged, uh, stay uh, level-headed, uh, even kill. Uh, tough times do not last. Tough people do. Um, so keep at it. Uh, keep doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, make sure you take care of your uh, mental health. That's something that uh, I'm pretty big on, uh, especially during times like this. Uh, it can kind of uh, cripple you uh, in a lot of ways. So making sure whether it's going on a hike, whether it's working out, whether it's going on a walk, whatever it is, just just make sure you do have some type of uh, escapism uh, during these times. Love that. Cool. So appreciate everyone tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe. Give us a five-star review. We're going to have some amazing new rebrand that we're doing with the podcast and some amazing guests that we have lined up that we're going to be interviewing. So appreciate your support with that. And we'll see you uh, next week. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.